The car business is changing faster than ever, and now is the time for dealers and allied industry professionals to get ahead. Together, we'll explore practical ways to help your dealership thrive or get the best results from your account through leadership process and implementation. I'm Becky Chernick, and this is Make Your F&I Profits Stick. So let's welcome Pete Caruso. He's founder and president of Finance Vision, Vision AST, a variable operations reporting platform for warranty providers, agents, finance managers, automotive, and power sport dealers. He's a strong operations professional with a BBA focus in marketing and business administration, who also happens to be working with an automotive group in New York. I wonder what Pete does in his spare time. So our viewers and dealers, Pete, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. So if you wouldn't mind, you know, tell us everything there is to know, or maybe not everything <laughs> there is to know about the Vision AST. How long has it been around? And what makes you guys different from all the other competitors? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Becky. It's fun to be here. I appreciate it. Um, I feel that what makes us different is that as an operations director in a dealer group for a decade, I built it from the inside out where we're not software professionals, we've hired software professionals, I've become a software professional, but I built it out of a need that I couldn't get filled. I was responsible for our, all of our vendor relations, so whether it's CRMs, DMSs, everything frustrated me with the how slow and long it took to put something together. So we just took a different tack, knowing that if you kept it really simple, the engagement would go up and you'd get more results from the users of the tool. So we report all variable operations profits, um, both in F&I and on the sales floor. We track the lenders, all that kind of stuff. But we make it so easy at the fingertips of the staff that they leverage the information every single day. Um, and so nothing is better when you can actually take and build a software about what's going on in the trenches, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, there's just nothing better than that because a lot of times when you have, you know, some software, it's really sometimes driven from someone who's not even in the car business. Right. So it, it, it really helps, um, you know, when, when you really see and understand, um, you know, what that, what those managers are going through every day and why they need to process that information that much faster uh, to help coach, you know, their people to obviously um, increasing overall profits. Would that be fair to say? That is very fair to say. I, I can honestly tell you a thousand stories about if you go through, just say you have a 12-person sales team, two sales managers, and two F&I managers. You can, within five minutes, cross-reference every one of those people and find thousands of dollars of just building teams where people work well together, people don't, people don't, their best buddy might be the salesman, so he always goes to him and doesn't make him work hard enough and, you know, where they're teeing up the finance office properly and where they're not. And you can just do it so quickly and daily, weekly that you're making these mid-course adjustments all the time. It just drives tremendous profit. Well, um, I certainly couldn't agree with you more than that because um, just in my year and a half time um, as a uh, touchdown, as a corporate F&I director for 14 Roofstop, 
uh, group, I can tell you how important it is to really be able to get those reports and just make sure you're living and breathing those reports every single day. And they really help to make a major impact on how you can make a difference in one area versus another. And again, understand and, and, and doing that quickly, who has time uh, to try to dig through reports and then try to find the information. It just needs to be readily available and the easier, the better. And when that happens, I think, well, you, you would have, you have quick buy-in, right? Exactly, for sure. And that really helps to, you know, with your desk managers, your finance people, um, even obviously your fixed ops for that much matter, but it really helps to, um, helps them to coach up their people and I can't begin to tell you how really important that is especially you know is it you know we'll be talking a little bit about and I and and I brought you on to talk about some of these processes you know that are happening in dealerships all over the country and obviously every dealership is different every culture mm. is different um but you know part of that was you know so when does that deal begin like when does the does the deal actually for F&I begin on the desk? Is that beginning in F&I? When does all that happen? So when we're tracking this performance and, you know, where, where do we track it from? Are we tracking it from the time that that deal hits into that F&I office and what they do with it? So if you, let's talk a little bit about that whole thing. When is that, when does that start in your opinion? In my opinion, in a successful situation, it's happening almost at an introduction and when you first start looking at the vehicle and talking about the features of the vehicle and the salesman getting involved right away to talk about the technology and ways that we're going to show you how you can protect your investment. And, you know, from start to finish, just soft teeing it up a little bit, setting the groundwork for what's going to happen at the end of the transaction. Well, you know, um, I've, uh, you know, so I've, I've, I think two heads are always better than one. I, I, meaning is that I'm all about team and the worst thing that can happen. And I see this a lot because I'm in dealerships a lot. I mean, and I see where, and I don't know exactly how this happens, but we can have a desk manager who's actually promoted from the floor, um, who's not been an F&I hasn't been to an F&I mm-hmm. class. And so they are submitting deals to the lender. They have no idea deal structure. What's that? Wouldn't know how to use a book out sheet if <laughs> depended on it. And I bring some of this up because they can actually kill a deal, then make a deal. And mm-hmm. so it's really important, you know, to track from the time that that deal has been put together by that desk desk manager, you know, payment in, payment out, not quite sure whether or not your, your, your reporting system helps with that, but I do think it's important. So what do we start, what are we starting with, with, with that desk manager, how they close that deal to the time it's made its way into the F&I office? What did we do with that deal after the fact? And I think it's important that dealers pay attention to the way uh, that those deals are desked prior to the 
to that um, deal coming into F&I. What are your thoughts there? Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's where even just having, you know, daily sales numbers at your fingertips, you can spot things you should be looking at, whether it's you probably know your sales team well enough to recognize their personalities and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Can you back it up with data and show them what they need to improve upon or where their strengths are? Um, we see it, you know, I see F&I managers who really know how to work rates and make a, a good reserve, not the greatest place to make your profit. You know, you want to sell products, but are working their banks with the data at their fingertips where they know how many contracts they've sent to a particular lender that month for how much money and to be able to speak that intelligently on the spot, on the phone to really work each of those opportunities makes a big difference. I don't know how you do it when you're flying blind, but, um, and the desk manager needs to be watching that too. You know, they, they need to be in charge of that whole process and know who's doing their job the right way and F and I, and who's not. And um, again, if you're doing that every day and looking at numbers every day and you're looking at your people and you know their strengths and weaknesses, you're not just speculating. I, I'm kind of digressing here a little bit, but I've seen stores where they don't look at their numbers and the guy's just a 30-car guy or they, you know, deliver 100 cars a month in the F&I office. So that's the measurement is volume and not profit. Well, one of the things that I found out in my career in F&I um, is that numbers are just black and white. They don't lie. Mm -hmm. And you have to back up your progress through measurement. It is mm -hmm. what it is. And I like the idea behind tracking lender relationship. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this lender relationship because, you know, I have a group, um, Evan and I Today, uh, with Becky Chernick on Facebook, and it's over 3,000. I think you're actually in the group, and I certainly invite anyone who's listening to come on in and um, come into this group with us. But, you know, we have a lot of talk in there, and it, it, it helps to keep me relevant on the current topics that's going on that it's affecting F and I people. And anyway, so this one F&I manager, he's a 20-year veteran, um, mentioned that he doesn't believe in a lender relationship. And I was kind of surprised at that because I'm, I know that I work with other dealers where we do have a lender relationship and come push comes to shove. Now, it's not going to give you the best interest rate in the world. Don't get, you're, you're, we're going to have to learn how to justify rate here. Mm -hmm. But um, they certainly give you... an a way to go. And frankly, not only that, but likely, um, we're going to get some back end here. And so he went on to say that this isn't happening in his store. And he also shared the fact that most of his customers are high FICO score customers, which leads me to think, okay, while we're converting customers over to financing, makes sense. We're utilizing those those type of lenders give you an example bank of america they might have a, a better way to go um and or SunTrust or true um truest etc but at the end of the day they're not going to go outside that box they're only going to do so much so one of the things like i think what you're sharing with us is that look at that analysis do a complete 
profit analysis on what lenders are buying and what it, what profit are you generating from that? Is, mm-hmm. Did I hear that clear? I mean, is absolutely. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. There's, there's no doubt, and it's not hard to do. It's there's just so much opportunity that people leave on the table because they don't take the time to do the analysis, and that's that's where it's at. Everyone gets hung up on can we sell 15 cars today? Let's sell 10 and make them profitable, quality deals. The other thing that I want to comment on that, you know, I'm. Mm-hmm. Pete, you know you you know me. Um, we've known each other for a couple of years now, and I'm I hammer. I'm just a hammer, hammer <laughs> when it comes to going out and meeting the customer to do this uh, meet and greet interview. And by that I mean I'm not going out there have a handshake with someone. Hey, it's pleasure to meet you. See you back in my office in about 15 minutes. You know what I'm talking about is the importance of actually meeting with the customer to do a fact find. Um, I almost think that this is becoming a lost art where an M&I person really isn't doing what they need to do to obtain more information to put the deal together. And also by gathering more information just helps you to go ahead and make the deal even better or submit it to a different lender mm-hmm. that will give you a better way to go. Mm-hmm. So I wonder in your, and again, in your environment in New York, I mean, are you seeing dealers that are, you know, getting out there, meeting customers, reviewing this information, digging a di- deep, um, digging deeper to um, obtain approval to, ch- you know, are they taking these deals from the desk at face value? I mean, what's your, what's your take on that? Well, you see both. What I see in when it kind of reminds me of the conversation about compliance and writing everyone at the same terms, you know, at the same rate, uh, you know, the stores I see up here, I don't see a lot of credit being run like pre-approval kind of stuff. So you write everyone at the same rate and handle every transaction the same way and go see if you can, you know, close the deal at what you wrote it at. Or, you know, you say there may be better terms for you. You know, I think I can, we wrote it at 4.9. Maybe I can get you to, look, I got you at 3.9. That means you now can get that protection we talked about without changing your payment. Um, And that's what I see the good ones do. And then you see the, you know, everyone, oh, everyone's a cash deal. They all go to the credit union and they don't even get a chance to talk to them first. Well, that's it. That's certainly another horse of a different color. They say that or a horse of a different color. But, yeah. um, right. So, you know, so that is, um, yeah. So we talk about dealers, um, you know, really the the conversion, right? Um, we've got offsite. We've got online customers. What are we doing with that? Um, are we converting? Are we getting in touch with those customers so that way we can convert those customers, you know, to our financing? And, you know, again, that speaks with engaging with customers sooner online mm-hmm. um, with that customer, getting that TO from that salesperson, right? And how important mm-hmm. is that to have a conversation with a customer so that we are converting that customer over? to our financing, or if it's, 
you know, credit union, financing, cash, whatever that may be, um, how important it is to get involved in that. But also um, to go back again, you know, to talk about just a little bit on, you know, assuring, assuring that not necessarily taking the deal at face value either. Because a lot of times, especially to speed up process, you have a lot of dealer, you have a lot of the dealers that their desk managers are submitting these deals to the lender. And many really don't know how these, how these lenders buy. Some of them don't, I mean, some of them do a great job. And then you've got some others that don't see the best job in the world. So that, so, so it's so, to me, so important that we're fact finding, we're validating the transaction, you know, for, um, to be able to, to be able to work the deal and get a better call from a lender. You know, that's always been my thing. I, I was always trained. My job in F&I is to make this deal better. Mm-hmm. That's right. So our experience, and my, my experience in the dealership is limited to just a, a few stores with the real details of the, the people on the process beyond, you know, not, not observing it in real life, just, just stories. But I've experienced that relationships, I'm kind of going back to what you mentioned before, that these lender relations are vital. And we use a ton of local banks. Um, they, they stop in once a week and, um, you can see it in the numbers, you know, like I'll, I'll name a particular bank that one of our F and I managers went to like 80% of her deals, but it's because she had such a good relationship and, you know, there was, she didn't lie. She didn't make stuff up so she could tell a story. She, you know, she could say, yeah, they missed that one payment one time, but look, they've never missed a car payment. The guy lost his job for six weeks and they trust her, you know, and that relationship was vital and that still exists. I've seen people saying that that doesn't exist or it's not important. You mentioned it. And I can feel the complete opposite of that. And going back to what we talked about with where the deal starts, if you're a partner with your customer from the minute they walk in the door and you're going to get them the best vehicle, the best protection, and you're going to be there for them, for a lifetime is what you're really trying to shoot for. So you better handle it that way if you want to build a, a real book of business. So I'm hearing what you're saying. And I think it's so important to make sure that we're focusing on, you know, coming together, you know, from sales to, to the desk, from desk um, um, to finance, that it really is important that you know, that we're connecting the dots and, you know, obviously doing our best to, um, help support to, to, and to obviously maximize, um, the deal. And so it's in, and doing that, obviously that's going to be with you utilizing the technology, the tools that are available to us to help coach up, to measure, to, determine, you know, kind of where our weaknesses are. So that really can help to help us, right? And also the dealer um, to maximize um, profits for the store. Well, that's if you're in that business, if you're a salesperson, you're an F&I manager, you're the owner, of course, too. Your whole idea is that you're, you're paid a commission, you want to maximize your income. 
So working together as a team and using the analytics that are available to see where you can improve, everyone wins all around the horn. There's no downside to any of that. Um, and there's you know competitive people in general. So again, if they stop measuring themselves just on volume as the competition, but who's making the store the most money, who's the most valuable player, that, that drives a ton of competition, makes everybody better. Yeah, I just think um, sometimes if we just just um, settle down, um, take a look at you know what what these measurements um, tell us, I think that it can help us come up with a great plan uh, to strategize. And you know, again, it's we're coming up on 2022. Um, you know, I've got a great podcast out there, breaking F and I records, and part of that is really knowing where you're at. If you don't know where you're at, you can't, you can't figure out where you're going. Right. And that's one of my favorites. Yep. It is, it is one of, it, it, it is for me too. And it, because it, it's, it just is the way it is. And so I hope that everyone takes a moment to reflect a little bit on this is the reporting systems that they're currently using, right? Maybe not using that they need to be using uh, to determine, you know, where their weakness weaknesses lie. And so that way they can coach up to make a bigger difference. And it may, you don't have to do an overhaul. So one of the things that I tell, I share with dealers is that I'm not in here hopefully to do an overhaul, but the little things that you do can make a big, big difference to your overall performance. But if you don't know, you can't get there. And that's starting from the way that those deals are from that salesperson to the meet and greet. Are they getting complete? Are they getting Tito to the desk correctly? Is the desk, are we doing a good TO to the FNI person? Are we converting more customers to, you know, from cash to a credit union, to lender, to our financing? When does that happen? Do we have a breakdown? Is FNI getting out there, meeting the customer on their terms? Are they doing a better job in converting those customers into uh, our financing captive to be captive in our financing? Are they doing a, a good job in determining if there's not a better way to go with regard to financing at the dealership to maximize their profits? And all these tools, what they do is help them to determine if you know where you know where that weak link might be. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, very fair to say. You know, you got me thinking about we we, we analyze cash down too and the effect on profit um, based on cash down. And I, I'm quite certain many people don't even give that a thought, but we can really look at it so many different ways. And, you know, and that is, again, that's from start to finish. Everyone has to be on the same page with that kind of stuff and understand the concept. Well, I got to tell you, you mentioned something, uh, Pete, on this cash down, and I'm glad you brought that up because I can tell you how many times I've talked about this and I've said how many times when we're doing the review of information, we're reviewing the buying information, we determine how, how much cash down are we talking about? Is that credit card? What? It, well, maybe not credit card, debit card. Um, is it check, cash, et cetera? And... Um, and then many times, I mean, and so I, I often ask as well, 
would you, would the customer consider putting additional monies down to go ahead and take care of, you know, taxes and registration. A lot of times customers don't want to finance, you know, taxes and registration. And I can tell you how many times that customer has come into my office and said, well, wait a second, how much is the taxes? What's the registration fee? I don't want to include that into into the financing. As crazy as that may sound. Financing your taxes doesn't make sense if you can all help it. You know what I mean? But they look at that and they go, oh, okay, well, I have a thousand dollars down, but I don't, I don't want to go ahead and finance um, my taxes and registration. So I will pay additional money down. So why not ask? Why not ask before the customer comes in? You know, many times, especially from the desk, I've seen this time after time after time, the deals worked and up at the desk. And of course, you know, they, they work on Ely type of worksheet and they'll ask for money down. The customer says, oh, no, 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 I'm not coming up with any money down. So what does the sales manager do? Mm-hmm. They pencil the deal with no money down. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, I'm going to take the salesperson's word right. and I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to pencil this deal without any money down. Come to find out the customer is putting additional $2,000 down. We don't find out about that until the customer makes their way into the F&I office. Mm-hmm. Or someone just needs to ask the customer, were you considering putting additional monies down, such as taking care of your registration and taxes? Well, how much is that? But you're right, tracking that. Tracking that and being able to determine, you know, just the cash down in of itself. How how did that help to produce more profit on that deal as a whole? It's... um... It's all, well, that's, I guess, goes back to the original point of having it available to you every day. And you can go look that quickly and see what's happening and spot trends and do something about it instead of, you know, just guessing or finding out months down the road that you've left so much on the table because you're not paying attention. You're just penciling deals and next, next, next. Let me tell you something. Um, you know, I've been in the, in the, in retail for 30 years, right? And so, we didn't really have, I mean, we could pull, we pulled our numbers um, from, oh gosh, Reynolds and Reynolds, CDK, whatever it was at ADP at the time. I mean, so, but every deal I did, every deal I touched, I logged, right? On, a, on we had this mm-hmm. big log yep. and every deal I put and I, printed the recap and it's not only for the deal but for me it stayed in my file in my own file folder i mm-hmm. i knew every single deal i touched i reviewed my performance every single day now some will say well you know that's not you know that's um maybe too much for me i want to know where i'm at all the time if I know that I'm dropping on my service contract penetration, I want to know. If I'm dropping on another sure. type of product penetration, my aftermarket penetration, whatever, I need to know sooner rather than later. And mm-hmm. so important in that. And I just do not. And some, I, I will say, some FNI people really don't do as well with this as they should. They really don't. I, uh, you remind me of someone that I worked with for quite some time, and she knew every deal. Like she could tell you a deal from six months ago. She just did the same thing you did. She would go through and review and wanted to know where every dollar was and what could she have done better. And 
Um, the guy on the other side of the showroom couldn't tell you what happened 20 minutes ago. <laughs> well, you know what? My had bigger ambitions back in the day. You know, I wanted to be the best best F&I person in the country. So I knew where I was at. In fact, one time I'm working at a Honda dealership. I'll never forget this. And I know where my numbers, my numbers were right. My numbers were right. I was dead on. And this comptroller tried to tell me that my numbers were off. And I'm like, you don't know me really well, but I'm going to tell you right now, my numbers aren't off. And everybody, you could drop, I mean, a pin and everybody could hear it. Mm -hmm. I mean, across the showroom <laughs> because no one ever said that to this comptroller. She was just, that's just how she was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I know where my, unless something was wrong on this report, I know I'm right. I know these numbers are right. Well, she got, she came out the day later and she said, I've got to tell you something. You were right. I was wrong. <laughs> so that's <laughs> oh, a great story. Like, Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh yeah. I'll never forget that. Bill Starr was the GM and he was like freaking out. I can't believe you told her that. Well, my numbers are right. And so I don't know. I mean, that's the way I was brought up. I was brought up you know, to make sure whatever I'm writing, I'm, I'm accountable to my performance and that's it. And, you know, so I, I believe in tracking performance. I want to know where I'm at. I want to know where my weaknesses lie so I can, I can work on that and make a, and, and make a difference. That's how you go from $1,500 a car to $2,000 a car. Of course. It's the little things that we do that make a big difference. It just is. So um, I um, I certainly appreciate the time that um, you, you provided to me uh, today, Pete. And it's always great to catch up with you. And um, so I'm sure that this was really valuable information uh, for our dealers and viewers. And I hope to get you back on real soon and talk about what's happening in 2022. Yeah, I look forward to it anytime. Thank you, Becky. I appreciate you having me. In closing, as the saying goes, if you don't know where you are, you'll end up someplace else. Numbers are black and white. They don't lie. Tracking from the time the customer touches down on the dealership website to in dealership to desking to handing the deal off to the finance manager will assure you're addressing those weak areas. This only helps you to score bigger the next time out. Knowing is a powerful tool. Don't leave your performance to chance. Go all in or go home. If you want to go places in 2022, make sure you have a solid strategic plan. Be consistent. Be accountable. Inspect what you expect and don't let anything get in your way. As Lou Holtz says, how you respond to the challenge in the second half will determine what you become after the game, whether you're a winner or a loser. Be a winner. You've been listening to Make Your Evanite Profit Stick with Becky Chernick. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating or review wherever you're listening right now. And don't forget to share to Facebook or your favorite social media platform. 
Keep in mind, I offer the very best in an in-dealership or remote F&I training since 2001. For automotive, recreational, and allied industry professionals, get all your managers on the same page and make those F&I profits stick.